you just one thing. Why? What makes a balloon go up? Out there. What's holding you down? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Comedian and Son podcast. I'm Eric Mabbitt uh, with my dad, Jerry Mabbitt, and he is the comedian. I am the son. And so this is our first episode. And in fact, actually, say hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Uh, yeah, you had to go there. Okay. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's it. That's how it's going to be. All right. Uh, yeah. We. Uh, so I. Um, the last time you and I did any kind of broadcast thing, do you remember when that was? I I really don't. 22 years ago when I was wow. like 15 and I, and I went on the radio show that you were doing in Pocatello, Idaho. Oh, uh, yeah. At Core 104, you know, so right, uh, right. Now if we want to, we could make this podcast kind of like one of those morning zoo radio shows to be like, yeah. you know, just you know be like, well, hey and welcome everybody. To the, right, to, right. Was it? They always got to have like a. Um, they always have to have like one weird name guy with, you know, Eric and the Rabbit. All right, right. We sent right. our un, we sent our intern down to the store to do something humiliating. He'll be reporting back soon. <laughs> so, um, but uh, we don't we don't want to do that kind of lowbrow type comedy no. here. So no, we are high, totally high highbrow. Yeah, high, high class. Exactly, exactly. So. Right. Um, uh, so I'm looking at, uh, we've got uh, a, a podcast to do. I'm just stating obvious because I completely lost my train of thought. So, uh, <laughs> so Dad, you are a comedian, and so I wanted you to just give a little summary of kind of your career and just so people know where you're coming from. We'll get into the deep dive into your career and your, and your, uh, and your um uh, the people you've worked with and the clubs you've been at, things like that. And uh, so that's going to be really interesting stuff, but just give us a short summary of kind of uh, where you've been. Okay. Um, I did comedy for 30 years uh, and I worked many parts of the country. I wouldn't say the entire country, but I also worked in Canada I, and I did a show in France, which was really weird because it had to be an interpreter. And so I don't know how much of the jokes were lost in translation, but as soon as I finished and then the translator finished, they just sat there. And then all I had to do, I said, that, that is a joke. And then they would laugh. <laughs> but I had to do that after every single one. Uh, so that was kind of weird, but so in, in a nutshell, that, that's, that's, uh, that kind of wraps up my career. Yeah. Well, you, you did some classes with the groundlings. Um, yes, you did, uh, you, I, you performed at the laugh factory in LA. Yes. And the improv in LA too. And, um, there, there used to be a place called Igby's, which was a big club there. And I, I played Igby's. Um, the Ice House in Pasadena. Um, so a lot of big clubs. All there right. was a club called Standing Room Only in Fullerton, California. Uh, big club. I used to headline that one. And uh, did a lot of benefit shows, too, for free. 
Okay, well, cool. Well, and, and so we're going to get into more into, like I said, into your career. We'll talk about my experiences as a comedian's kid. Um, yes. We'll, we'll share stories. Um, uh, some stories we can't share. Uh, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. They might get you hurt. I don't know if you shared them publicly. Uh, so, some, uh, um, but uh, the thing I did to you at the grocery store. Um, oh, the, man. Uh, the time, the time, can we talk about driving around in the car with five kegs in the back of the vehicle? Of course, we <laughs> we'll can do that. that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about this. These are called teasers, my friend, in the industry. There you go. Keeps the people coming back for more. So that's all coming up. There's lots of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about comedy, the nature of comedy, the art of comedy, uh, and we're going to be uh, well, so we're going to talk about all kinds of different stuff on this podcast about uh, comedy and being a comedian's kid and just how all the b- blessings and sorrows. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that and, and I like the idea of hearing your side of things because um, because we really haven't talked about that much. Yeah, well, I'm, that's what I'm excited about this because uh, there's a lot of your life that I don't know about. And so this right. is a great this is actually the like whole thing where this is the secret underpinning of why we're doing this is so I can pry information out of you that I, I have not see. gotten. So I, I knew that you would tell it on a podcast. You'll tell it to the public, maybe not your own son, but you're, you'll tell the public. No, uh, there you go. All right. Well, uh, so for this podcast though, I thought it'd be good given the nature of the crisis that we're in and just the heaviness of everything you know, we need a laugh. We need diversion. And so comedy does have a special place that people turn to for that. To I just need a laugh. I'm going to turn on Jim Gaffigan, you know, or I'm going to go. I mean, there's been a resurgence of, net, of comedy specials, especially with Netflix. And then Amazon's getting into the business now. So you have right. all these comedy, uh, these comedy acts and, you know, going up uh, all over the place. And uh, it's so... People are watching them. They're laughing. So I guess why, what purpose does comedy serve in a time of crisis like this? Why is it valuable right now? Well, it's valuable because when you turn on the news or you look at the news on your phone, it's coronavirus this, coronavirus this. This is how many deaths. These are how many people are sick. And it's very hard to escape that. So as a method of escape, um, I tell jokes and I put them on Facebook. I put them on uh, a couple of groups that I belong to and they have nothing to do with coronavirus at all. They're just jokes. And I'm finding, I'm getting a lot of response to those. Um, People love them. And I think they're looking for an escape from you know, from constantly hearing all these negative things. Yeah, I think I think psychologically, uh, it's true that you just can't handle the intense pressure of all this stuff all the time. Like you've got yeah, to, I, you've got to unplug. I, I agree completely with you. It, it, it's like I enjoy looking at Facebook and the groups too because it, there are other people posting. Uh, jokes that have nothing to do with this pandemic. Yeah, and well, I, oh, good. No, and, and I think it's helpful for people um, to do that. So, you know. 
the so the with with comedy i mean it's comedy's a weird thing right because it's yes. it's this observation of uh, of human human interaction intermixed with uh um oddities uh juxtaposition and these things that that really uh they they surprise you but in a delightful way that cause you to laugh and so this is the part of the podcast where I want to get really pretentious, you know, those kinds of shows that like where the actors go really deep about like, well, you know, when I embody a character and I really just become that person, <laughs> you know, doing a movie is like going to war and you're just like, oh, you hush your face. You shut yeah. it. No, <laughs> so I really want to go. I want to be really pretentious, but less good than those shows. So, um, uh, but, but comedy it, it does that, and so it does that, and so how do you? I guess how do you do? How do you how do you make jokes in a time of crisis where everyone's like super sensitive? Like if you do something and they just, I mean, people just they're so ready, they're panicked and they're angry, and so they're ready to go off. I mean, you can't control that, obviously, to some degree, but how do you? I guess what's your strategy when you're like thinking about making a joke or something that maybe is, I mean, you could do completely unrelated, like goofy, silly stuff. Like um, that's awesome. I love that stuff. It's some of my favorite humor is the Conan O'Brien type, you know, it's just has nothing to do with anything. It's just goofy, random silliness and is delightful. But then, uh, but then there are also some things that you can make jokes about, like uh, about, life in quarantine and stuff like that but also people get slammed for it like we were talking about just uh, earlier so i just kind of what's what, what's what's a strategy for trying to how do you approach that well uh, for example i wrote a a joke the other day about um social distancing and but my joke was basically that um i i uh Oh, it's okay to read this message because I I wrote it to y'all six feet apart. And, um, oh, and by the way, I'm wearing gloves. Um, And that was the joke. And it got a really good response. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, in that way, I can joke about the the pandemic. But um, but that's that's really about as far as I'll go. Yeah. Well, like, cause I'll give you an example of a joke that I heard. It's not a joke that I made, um, but but it's a dark joke. And so, so somebody somebody said, uh, you know, if you ever, uh, if you ever wondered if one person can make a difference in the world, then you've never eaten a bat. Right. And so, like, <laughs> so so like, it's funny. There's the dark part of me that laughs at that, but then there's a yeah. part of me that goes, man too soon man like that's just yeah, yeah it's like that's a that's a joke you make maybe a couple of years from now right <laughs> or, or right. i don't know just like but in the midst of it it's kind of like there's kind of a party like feels bad for laughing at that but it's yeah. it, so so that that it's like there's this there's this line right that you yeah that that it kind of it's and it's this invisible line and so i mean how do how do comedians i guess because some comedians are just like, uh, you know, heck with it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just blowing past that line. I don't care. I'm just going to be a shock comedian. 
And then right. others are just like, you know what? I'm just going to avoid the line. Others are going to go, well, I'm going to go just right up to the line, but just not cross it. Yeah. Is it, ju- is mean, it just depend on the comedian's personality and kind of their approach? Yeah. I know comedians who wouldn't hold back. Um, I, I know for a fact that they, they, they wouldn't hold back at all because there are some comedians who will say, well, this is the, uh, this is the true meaning of free speech. And uh, I can say whatever I want to because I'm on stage at a comedy club. And uh, however, the truth is that uh, there are people who will get up and walk out. Uh, There are people that will boo. Um, And unfortunately, these kind of comics, they're looking for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, I don't touch politics at all because it's too explosive right now. And everybody has such a strong opinion that you're going to offend some people. And I want audiences to have fun. You know, that's, yeah. that, you know, that's the job of a comedian is, you know, to have the audience have fun with you on stage and laugh, laugh really hard. So, yeah, you know, in my view, you have to be careful um, on your approach. But there to your point, there are certain comedians who couldn't care less. <laughs> they just get up and say whatever is on their mind. Yeah, that's uh, yeah that that is that that is something that's you, you see it. I think part of I think it, at the very least the joke has to be, it has to be funny, because it can't just be shocking, because that's yeah. that that's that's one of the things that I've seen. Like even that that joke I told earlier. Like it's a dark joke, but it's a funny joke. Like it actually gets a laugh, even though you might come on the on the back end, you might go, Ugh, that's a little too soon on that one. On the yeah. front end, it's actually funny and you laugh. Right. And, right. and so there's right. that's different than someone just joking about making a joke about ventilators, you know, right. or something like that. And you're just like, okay, dude, seriously, like that's not cool. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is that the purpose of some, in my opinion, the the purpose of a comedy show is to get people to come and then help them forget about things for an hour and a half. And, And to me, that's a real service that you can give people, whether or not this pandemic is going on. I mean, everybody has hectic work schedules and uh, getting the kids to soccer practice and, or football practice or baseball practice and, you know, several nights a week. And so they're running like mad people uh, their whole week. And so, you know, they can relax on a Friday night or a Saturday night and go out and just have fun. That's all, you know, forget about their troubles for a period of time. And then they think about the show when they left, they, when they leave, they talk about the show together instead of talking about the pandemic or their crazy week that they had. Uh, they can, they'll talk about the comedy show. Yeah. So it, it, it's more than just that hour and a half. It gives them a break. Yeah. And it's fun to do that, to help, help them do that. So, uh, uh, so how does, so as, as a comedian then, I mean, you're putting out jokes and, 
what is it, I guess, how is that the function that comedy is serving for you, both on the creative aspect and on the personal enjoyment aspect as you're enjoying other, other comedians jokes? Uh, no, I, I actually don't watch stand-up comedy. Um, I don't listen to it unless my wife, uh, Heather is, um, is on stage. Then Which, well, we should, I, we should note that you are married to a comedian and a funny yes, I, comedian. Yeah, yeah, she is, she is hilarious. And, uh, you know, we live in Utah and so she is, uh, and we're not Mormons. You have to say that every time you're from Utah. Um, <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, we just don't, you know, we're actually part of the majority now in Utah that is not Mormon. But anyway, uh, so Heather happens to be one of the best comedians in the state but certainly the best female comic in the state. She is phenomenal. And she gets a lot of work as a result of that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you, um, so then what does, uh, so how, so comedy is primarily for you is more of a creative outlet and endeavor? Yes. Okay. In fact, I write a blog. Um, I haven't written one for a long time and I don't know why it may be, uh, because looking at all this news and everything kind of gets me down as well. And, uh, and so the creative um, process is pretty much shut down as far as, you know, writing a longer blog. I can write a joke. Uh, mm -hmm. That's quick. That's easy. But writing the blog is kind of tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, before we started recording, you were saying how you, you really felt that women have too many rights. Could you kind of just elaborate <laughs> on that some more? I was just curious. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but thanks for the setup anyway. Uh, yeah, and I understand that you have stopped uh, beating your children. Uh, well, uh, yes, I have. Yeah, that's... Uh, Oh man, I can't even, not even go there. All right. Well, you, you, you can't answer that question. If it's, if it's yes, then it means you have. <laughs> yes. Yes. Children. I know. So, uh, right. so, uh, all right. So, uh, one for one, I guess we'll, we'll call that one. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so then what is, um, uh, so then, uh, I mean, other than, uh, other than, creating some comedic stuff. What are you, what are you guys doing over there for, uh, to get a break, to get a break from, cause I know Heather's working at home and, right. and so, uh, and I know that you're, you're home a lot normally. So, but what are you guys doing to, uh, for a break yourselves? Well, um, Heather works usually up until five thirty or so. Uh, maybe six o'clock if they're busy. Um, and then, uh, so during that, during the daytime, I'll go up and just kind of hang out in the office for a little bit with her. Um, and then, uh, she takes breaks every once in a while and gets on the treadmill and goes for a walk. 
because that's what she used to do at work. So she's trying to do some of the uh, behaviors that she, you know, that she did at work. And then we spend time in the evening. We watch uh, certain TV shows that we're used to watching. So there's a, a, a big part of normalcy to our lives. And, um, and as you say, I mean, I'm kind of used to being quarantined anyway. Uh, I'm kind of stuck in the house most of the time. So it's not that big of a change for me, but having Heather here all day is wonderful. Yeah. So, so we don't, we don't really need to, to, you know, to have something to give us a break or anything like that, because once she's, finished she may want to take a nap it's it's a tiring job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and then i have a, a baseball game that i play on the playstation and that kind of keeps me uh occupied and i go next door to see my neighbors even though i'm probably not supposed to oh, so, but, so you uh, have gotten to see him yes yeah yes i i do go over there um quite often and uh and have a all right well that is part one of conversation between my dad and i uh be sure to come back for part two on this episode where my dad turns the tables on me and starts asking me questions about what it's like to be the son of a comedian and also uh, the work that I do as a pastor and how comedy relates to that. Have a really great discussion there. Hope you enjoyed it. This is the Comedian and Son podcast. We'll see you next time.